Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo, and with me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Greetings, greetings, salutations, bright, bright suns. What's going on, cuz? Man, just chilling. Yeah, I don't even know how to do this anymore. How do you? How do you podcast? It's been a minute for us, hasn't it? It feels like it's been a minute. Well, we got to hang out like this weekend and last weekend. Yeah. Live in person. So I know. So we kind of like cheated. Normally we try not to talk about things and then unload on the show, but we couldn't help ourselves. No, we couldn't. And I think uh, we probably should have recorded everything we were saying too, but that's okay. Yeah. We need on, on location recording. <laughs> we'll use it for other episodes, <laughs> other topics we could talk about. All right, but this is your first time listening to us. Welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. We talk about it. All right, Ange. Bad Batch finale. Woo. Good stuff. Two parts. A two-parter. Two-parter. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want to talk about like overall though. I mean, we, we can break yeah, it up. Fine. But yeah, let's... I don't even remember what happened in the first part. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it this morning, so I have a fresh. Did you? Fresh? No, yeah, I fresh remember. Thoughts, but... Fresh thoughts. Yeah. It. It's overall, I liked the finale. Both parts were good. It had really good moments. Obviously, the first part was more action packed, a little more uh, heavy. And, you know, some some stuff going on. Back half was a little more uh, exposition and discussion between the group themselves, especially with Crosshair and all that. So it was it was a good finale. I, I liked it a lot. I liked where they went with it, leaving a lot of stuff open. There's stuff that we still need to maybe have answers to. And we'll talk about that later on. And then they, you know, they did continue. There's definitely room for continuing this story, which I love because I love these characters. I love what they have set up and everything like that. Again, big, big, I think, crosshair stuff happened in this episode. Obviously, the finale, I think, was really, really big. And we'll dive deep into crosshair in a little bit. But I, I enjoyed it. This was a good finale for a season one. Obviously, we know there's a season two. They announced it a while back. So I don't I don't think that really changed my thoughts on it, even though they said it before the finale, the two part finale. But I think you and I have talked about another episodes. We had a feeling that this is we were going to get a season two. We kind of how the season was going, things that were happening within the season felt that they weren't going to wrap it up all in one. So we are getting a season two. So quick thoughts or, you know, your thoughts, Ange, on the overall uh, finale, any moments that stick out to you or anything like that? What'd you think? Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, Coming up into that episode, a lot of people were like, oh, filler, filler, filler. And, um, you know, I enjoyed those as well, too, because I like just little tiny stories by themselves. But this was a, a great closing to this season. And rest in peace, Camino. <laughs> it's just gone. Uh, Man, and that that's was a, that's uh, a, we'll talk about that because that's, that's yeah, deep. that was heavy. And uh, the Kiner score during all that was amazing. 
So uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to go back to Camino. I'm glad that they did and, you know, gave us that finale of the destruction of it and the reunion of Clone Force 99 and Crosshair and Omega interacting with Crosshair was amazing, too. Um, the return of AZ. AZ was was awesome. I always like a good droid. So that was really fun. But overall, yeah, it gets me hype for they get me hyped for season two. And you totally called that. You were like, there's going to be a season two, hands down. Like mid-season, you called that. Yeah, overall, it was great. I have a lot of thoughts about Crosshair. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about Omega. And then, you know, the anticipation of what's going to happen next year or next season or whenever it comes out. I kind of... In, in the same boat as I was during the show, I don't really care what happens. I just like the content and I like seeing the story, regardless of its, regardless if it's tied into a larger story or just little tiny missions by itself. That's what I like. So it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, like you said, they they wrapped it up in a way where you're left with some questions. But that's okay. I mean, that's, I think that's what they were supposed to do. That was the purpose of obviously getting a season two. Because we'll explore more with these characters. I'm glad it wasn't like a straight up cliffhanger. Like it wasn't like, oh, they someone just took Omega or, you know, I'm glad it wasn't like one of those. Like, what's going to happen? We all know that they're going to be somewhere and be okay and doing their own thing. I would have been kind of grouchy about a cliffhanger because. I just don't like that kind of storytelling. I like it when I'm reading a book and I get to move to the next chapter, but like doing it at the end of the show, that's painful. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I'm glad they didn't leave it on too big of a cliffhanger. And that's probably why they announced the season two, because they knew what the finale was going to be. And they knew that it was enough to get people interested in it for sure to see where we leave season one, but then to get people talking about season two, what we're looking for. And we'll, we'll discuss that in a little bit, but let, yeah, I, cause I really want to talk about crosshair because I think for me in the beginning of this show, my initial thoughts have, have changed for sure. I think initially I was in the camp of, okay, their mission will be to figure out how to get, the chips out and then go get him and do that okay seems cool seems like a fun adventure i like it but that obviously totally changed within the first four or five episodes when they got their chips out and we never really got crosshair except for a few episodes after that and then even a few episodes after that so we didn't really get a lot a lot of crosshair in this season when once we got past the you know the 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 pi the beginning of the season, so when people were like, well, you know, I know a lot of people were like, you know, Crosshair needs to get redeemed and all that, which I agree. I mean, I think he's a character now. I think I am on board with the idea of him now getting a redemption because I feel like I'm against it. Okay, and that and we'll we'll well I'll get your thoughts, but I feel like now how they left the season, how they ended the season with him choosing this and the Bad Batch saying like, hey, you're still our brother. We're not, you know, you we don't have to be enemies. 
And him, I think, realizing finally that, you know, maybe what he thinks he's doing is right is wrong. You kind of get that sense after he talks to Omega during this finale, after his conversations with Wrecker and Hunter, you just get that sense. And now I think I understand, okay, because I know people were hoping for a redemption in season one. And I told you even within a few episodes ago, I'm like, I don't have enough feelings about him to get like, I want redemption. Now I do. Now I do after the finale. I feel like, okay, I want him to get redeemed because I think now he understands. I think it took a whole season of for him to go through what he went through by himself to realize that, you know, maybe hanging with my brothers and with this annoying little child that apparently is my sister, quote unquote, who's older than me. We'll talk about that later. I think he's realizing it. But I do wonder, because I know he, he tells Hunter that the chip's out. He's had it out for a while. But there's still shots of him within the finale that he's like touching his head. So I'm like, I, I want to believe him. And we don't really get an answer to that. So maybe there's more more to that story. For me, on that end, as far as, is the chip really out? Was he just saying that? I don't know. There's, I think there's still some questions that, that need to be answered for sure. And that's why we're getting to season two. So, Angie, I, I want to hear. I know you, you said you don't think he needs to be redeemed. What's your thoughts on Crosshair uh, overall? My opinion on this guy is he is a straight-up jerk. <laughs> and I found myself, especially in the second part, just like yelling out loud to the TV, like, shut up, crosshair, like, just shut up. And I told you this, the reason I am so against him now is because he's a complete narcissist. And I don't want to fall into, I mean, I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but I've had experience with a narcissist and it's absolutely horrible and I feel scarred by it. So when I saw that process happening, when he would blame them for his wrongdoings, like it was them that left him. So they were actually the problem. Whoa, man, that was like, I'm done with him. And that is actually a good way to create like a villain because usually villains have a misunderstanding of like what happened and like hold on to a grudge and manipulate you being to blame for their demise. So it's a good way to have him be villainy. It's very different, right? I think it's a very different way. Yeah. And then the whole chip thing, right? I had mine taken out a long time ago and they were like, when does it matter? Like, dude, come on. Like that that's narcissistic as well, too. Like putting it back on you to make the decision, not giving you all the information. It's messed up. I can't stand that behavior. So it was funny when he was like, I'm going to give you something you never gave me. Blech. Wanted to vomit when he said that, too. And then they all start fighting, right? Because those those droids come out. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe he is actually, like, going to be all right. But then he was, like, join the Empire. <laughs> I was, like, done. I'm so done. He's so lost in, in, in himself. himself. Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And not understanding what that group is and the brotherhood of it. But, like, wanting to use the Brotherhood to place blame. It's so messed up. I couldn't stand it. And I really liked Crosshair. I I liked how he was different. You know, that he had, uh, like, uh, contrasting um, ways of seeing things in, than um, Hunter and Wrecker did. And it was good a good dynamic for Clone Force 99. But now that he's, like, 
to me, it's almost like a danger mentally. And, and I know I'm taking this way far into like Star Wars cartoon characters, but it was a huge that that honestly is going to be a huge lesson on how people can get manipulated by a person who is obsessed with having power, you know, and then also knows how to prey on your empathy. He preys on Hunter the most because Hunter's the most empathetic and he Hunter wants to help him. So that's why he goes after him the most. It's not because Hunter is the leader. It's just because he knows Hunter will fall for, um, am I really responsible? Should I be helping him? You know, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Like, I can't, I can't believe I'm putting this kind of psyche into cartoon characters. But it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so I was like, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. But again, it's a good way to start off a villain and keep him a villain because it's the selfishness, self-centeredness. It's the um, placing blame, not taking responsibility, uh, the resentments, all that stuff. He he can stay in that forever. And I would be fine with that. It, he, My interest in Crosshair now is it's peaked a little because now I do want to like because you make really good points. You know, can he and does he even want to now? I mean, I feel like he does. But then again, you make really good points. He's never been that way really to begin with. You know, so I you know what it was funny is I, I rewatched season seven of Clone Wars and those first four episodes with the Bad Batch. It's very interesting. This is just kind of a side note, but it's very interesting that obviously the voices of Wrecker, Hunter, and Tech are all pretty similar to what we hear in the Bad Batch show. But you can tell uh, D. Bradley Baker changed change crosshairs is a very tiny change but you can tell he did his voice a little different than he did when it was uh clone war season seven which i thought was very it's kind of cool it's just very interesting maybe probably to help him really distinguish who was talking and which character he was playing and all that stuff but crosshair in that in the beginning in season seven was very different than obviously we see him now. So it's cool to see how different he was even in the Clone Wars show to the Bad Batch and how much he has changed from even the beginning of the Bad Batch to where he is now. So, you know, I I just find his character interesting. But then I also, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't know if he still re- deserves to be redeemed overall but his brothers are still his brothers and they believe in him too which i you know that was a big message i think in this finale 100 percent. and then i also think that you know he's alive obviously we know he's gonna go back to the empire obviously rampart didn't give a crap about him so it's gonna be interesting how that plays out next season i think like what happens to crosshair in the empire you know like what i mean what do you think like do you I don't think he's going to be welcome with open arms, but it's going to be fascinating to see the the games that maybe Rampart plays with him now. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm still on the path of he's going to be the first death trooper. I mean, he has the build. talked about that, yeah. And I think Tarkin likes him, honestly. So I just get the feeling he might be a death trooper, but I don't even know. Maybe that story is already told. I have no idea. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, th- I think, you know, season two, especially with Crosshair, I think is going to be interesting just to see what they do with him. And his interaction with the Empire is going to be fascinating, I think. I think that's going to be a storyline that I hope plays out a little bit and we see heading into season two. I feel like we do because I think they're setting it up that way for sure. But I, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting. I think they've set up some really good stories heading into season two, like storylines that are branching off now from what we have, what we started with for sure. So now Omega. Let's let's talk Omega. I think how awesome was it that Omega even said to him, "I wanted to believe the inhibitor inhibitor chip made you the way you are, and I was wrong." I mean, how awesome she was just like straight called it out. I thought you were a jerk because of some chip in your head, and some you're really just a jerk, you know? Yeah, I mean Omega flat out told him that. Yeah, I mean she was not holding any punches. Even Wrecker was like, you know, you never came back. When you had the we opportunity. We would have welcomed you. And yeah, yeah. Yep. He said, we would have welcomed you back. And then I love actually Tech. Tech probably had one of the best lines in the finale when he when he said that, you know, this is who, Rec- this is, when he told Wrecker, this is who Crosshair is and all of that. And then Crosshair is like, why are you defending me? And I love Tech's answer was, don't take my understanding of who you are for, you know, defending you or however he says it it's really like i love that he was that he kind of said you know just because i this is what he says just because i understand understanding you you. doesn't mean that i agree with you with you i love it that's such a good line and leave it to tech to say something like that to be matter of fact for sure you know i it just it's it's crosshair will be interesting crosshair is gonna be interesting i think heading to season two and what we get with him for sure uh, but let's yeah. So let's go to Omega. Omega had some really, really big moments in the finale. You know, obviously her going back to Camino, and then hearing more of her story about how she was with La Masse in her secret lab, and that's basically where she was most of her time. You know, I mean, that's she said she was alone down there until they brought in Clone Force Nine Nine and to do the mutations for them. And that she was obviously there when they did that. So that clearly shows that she is technically older than them. By how much, we don't know. Because obviously the aging process of the clones is, uh, you know, I think it's doubled, I think is what it is. So, but it's interesting that she was there to see that and that she was a part of that process. And that's why she kind of cl- like clings to them in the beginning of the season. So. And then again, that, you know, just her talking, like you said, her talking to Crosshair, trying to, you know, get him back still. And even at the very end, you know, we're, those are still your brothers, you know, you're my brother too. It's just heartfelt stuff, man. I mean, it's just Omega being Omega. And then again, her trying to save AZ, that was insane. I mean, leave it to, again, leave it to Omega to be that character to sacrifice herself to save somebody that she cares for i mean very i mean just very obviously star wars you know as the good guys and all that stuff so i i just love omega i think her story is gonna be very interesting heading into season two because again i think that we still have questions we still have questions about her so about you Ange? what what's your overall thoughts on omega i love how they finished out omega in this season and they just showed that she was 
she was tough now, you know, mentally, physically tough. She no longer had noodle arms, like Sid said. She was able to launch that bow and arrow, that that laser blaster, whatever you want to call it. She, you know, what really like uh, threw me for a loop is when there was this one time AZ fell and she like reached back and grabbed him, right? One, the strength to hold on to him. This cartoon. But anyway, one, the strength to hold on to him. And the other was uh, the reflex of knowing he was there. So is she force sensitive? Does she have something inside of her that's giving her um, the anticipation of, of reacting to things? Like, that's what I'm excited. I don't need someone to have the force to be extraordinary, but it's pretty cool. When someone does have the force and locks into it, because it shows you it comes from everywhere. So I would like for her to have the force. If she doesn't, whatever. But, you know, she's really tough now. Uh, she's really smart, tactically smart. It was a, a really nice arc of an introduction for her and where they brought her to. So it's going to be really interesting in season two how she swoops up and if, sh if she'll come back down and have some sort of... Um, conflict so uh i you know i i wasn't really sold on omega in the beginning i was kind of like man it's an annoying little kid like uh where did she get this australian accent from <laughs> and, but uh you know over time she it was kind of almost like how i felt about ahsoka right it was like, who is this kid a point. Like, a good point. bossing around Anakin? Who is this kid telling Clone Force 99 that she wants to come along with them? And uh, but she has, you know, re revolved into this tough uh, character. So absolutely, I'm in love with her now. I can't wait to see what happens with her. And I hope they tell somehow we get a her and Boba Fett interaction. I think that's necessary. You can't just say she's from Jango Fett. And then not have them cross paths eventually. So I hope we eventually get there. Yeah, I think that's a it's going to be a one that hopefully happens in season two. Because like you said, you don't mention something like that without payoff. And that's why I felt when we talked about, you know, season two and if it's coming earlier in our recaps. That's why I was like, there's got to be a season two just because of what. Things were happening. Things were being said by certain characters. You just knew that there was going to be more than just one season. Like, they were just setting up so much. Especially with Omega, because she's such a new character. You need more story. You need more time with her to really flesh out her arc. And like you said, I agree. This is a very great beginning of her story. Now I want more. Now I want to know more. Like you said, is she Force-sensitive? I mean, that was a big question going into kind of the beginning of this show and things that were happening in the earlier episodes. You're, you know, people were questioning it. And then we got the answer of that she was, you know, Jango Fett's kind of unaltered clone, very obviously directly connected to Boba. So the question is, did Jango, you know, I think my question in the season two with Omega is, did Django even know that? Did Boba even know that? I don't think so. Right. So I think that was all Nalase just, you know, dabbling. Right. So again, that I, that would be fun for, in my opinion, that, that'd be a fun little story to explore. As far as, like you're saying, who really knew about Omega and what Lamase assumingly was doing 
and the cro- the crossing of paths with Boba and Omega. Because that, like you said, you don't set that up. You don't say that that's who she is without bringing them together eventually. Now, does it happen in season two? Who knows? Could it happen to, in a later season? Maybe, maybe not. But I think the accent, though, thing I think that you brought up is interesting because I feel that this is just a random kind of thought. But obviously, we know Tamora Morrison, who plays Boba in live action, has that type of accent. So are they trying to set something up to where, okay, if we use Omega in a live action, maybe down the road, we can use an Australian accent to match and to correlate with Tamora Morrison and all that. That's where I come from with it because yeah. then it's just easier to do. And obviously, you know, Dee Bradley Baker, obviously he's doing all the clones. Can he really make his voice sound like different? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it makes right. sense. So I feel I mean, like you that's can do why. it. Come on. Say good day, Mike. He could. He could. Right. <laughs> that's, that's very itch. But I think that to me, that's where that comes from. And I, I and hopefully that's, Hopefully that's why they did it. Because then again, if you want to expand her story beyond Bad Batch, depending on where they take her story and if she survives and if she's alive in the time of the Mandalorian and where we're at in the book of Boba Fett, then we can get a live action. That'd be really cool to use a character like her in a live action. If they, again, I guess it just depends on the story they want to tell with her is if they want, you know, her to be in live action and the importance of her. I think we'll get some answers. So I, I, I mean, I loved, I loved this finale. I liked what they did. I like where they're going with it for sure. Uh, any more thoughts? So Andrea, anything you, um, within the finale? Uh, no, kind score was amazing. Absolutely. Especially when Camino fell, uh, just that's perfect. Yeah. Those shots, those shots of Camino, before they blew it up and you see like the empty the empty like mess hall the empty tubes man it was that was really like an end of an era you know it really is the end of the clone war era like that's what you felt and that's what i think that's what they went for really and the kinders absolutely smashed it like just they used the the Camino AO uh, Attack of the Clones music in there in the finale, which was great. Just the overall music was fantastic, like you're saying. It was really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So what's your prediction for Nala Say? We get to see her link up with Empire, regardless whether she wants to or not. But I feel like she's going to, you know, mess some stuff up for them. I don't think she's going to be cooperative. She kind of l- reminds me of like Galen or so like is going to do it just because she knows they'll do it without her, but try to put some sort of like flaw or um just, you know, get them to a point where she can completely like crash what they're doing because in all honesty, if they wanted to perfect cloning as well as the Caminos did, we know now that they never did. They, they never did. I mean, even if you want to go all the way to the Rise of Skywalker and be like, oh, well, they made Snoke and, uh, you know, the Empire figured out and First Order figured out how to do Palpatine. Not really. I mean, come on. So. No, that's a good point. I don't know. That's a good point. And I think it's important to bring up the fact that the 
the female uh, scientist that was greeting her had the same outfit as the doctor scientist from The Mandalorian. So again, we get small connections, small connections within The Mandalorian to Bad Batch. So, yeah, I don't, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with her. Like, we know they want her for cloning, but what are they trying to clone? Is it really Palpatine? Like, is it because Palpatine? Right, are they just trying to do the Palpatine thing? Right. Or is it more of they're trying to clone another, other soldiers? Like, right. I think that they're trying, they, that Palpatine always wanted to clone force wielding beings. I mean, if you go all the way back to Legends and or and pull some stuff from Legends with him and Plagueis, they were obsessed, and Plagueis had a lab, they were obsessed with creating force-filled beings, you know? So I think that's what they would always... That, I think that's what they're going to try to use her for. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see what their overall, like, what they want to do with her what their what their end game is with the cloning like you're saying is it for force sensitive because we know currently in canon obviously all you know he wanted all the jedi eradicated and then obviously in rebels they talk about him being worried about the children of the force and he wanted all of them but we know obviously mandalorian grogu they were taking his blood and doing stuff so what what was what was the end game? What were they trying to accomplish? Were they trying to, like you're saying, were they trying to clone and use force sensitive blood to do what? Was it for the uh, death troopers? Was it for, you know, like you're saying, was it for the whole Palpatine thing at, that we see in the Rise of Skywalker? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that just because we know Palpatine was like 30, 40, 50 steps ahead. I mean, the, where we were at the end of that, where they take Lama Say, was that Dario? I don't think it was. I think it was a different planet. No, and I heard like it might even have been like Wayland or uh, another something EU, right? Like, I thought someone. Yeah, so Wayland was this place in Heir to the Empire where there was this dark Jedi that was there to protect um, like Palpatine's things. So, but then it was like all. I'm not going to say anymore, but anyway, it was this place that um, was protected by Dark Jedi because it had, it had Palpatine stuff. So again, that, I mean, where, where did we go? Where, you know, where did they take her? I don't think it was Dario. And if it wasn't Dario, then again, those facilities were not built in a day. That stuff was being built while he was in the Senate, possibly as a senator, Definitely as the chancellor. So there's a lot of things that he was in play, like creating already before even the Clone Wars was ended. Oh, yeah. And he was smart about building things on old Jedi temples, old Sith relics, like crap like that. So um, I hope we get into that. I want some Palpatine in the Bad Batch. Give me some Palpatine. I think that would make sense heading into season two, especially that we know... Lama says with the Empire cloning, we know the Palpatine's kind of into that stuff. So it makes sense to maybe get a cameo or two of him in the in the next season. Do you think, so let, let's talk about, well, before we get into maybe predictions, let's talk about season one 
overall? What did you think of season one? What were your overall thoughts on season one? How how did you like it? Did you do you think it was okay? Do you think this was a good starter for a overall season series for the Bad Bat? I think it was great. I think it was um, a good first season. Of course, I don't agree with anybody that saying that episodes were fillers. I did feel like some episodes were out of place on the timeline and when they happened. But I didn't think I think every episode had importance just to either for character development or to show um, them as a squad and to introduce you to new people in the galaxy and people that we've already known in the galaxy. I thought that that was great that they did both. I hope we that guy who was the guy with the horns. I hope he comes back. I liked him. Uh, oh. Roland. Roland. No. Ron, what was his name? Ron, Ron. Yeah. I know what you're I talking about. Somewhere. He'd be cool. He's cool. Yeah. I hope uh, we get. Uh, and then I like that they even uh, brought the pikes in. So the, the crime syndicate was um, kind of brought to light and how they're dealing with the Empire takeover. So all I it was great Star Wars storytelling. It was great incorporation of this story filling in uh, the bigger story. So I thought it was awesome. I, I liked all of it. I like season one a lot. I think they started off really strong. And then, like you said, they they started telling stories of the batch, whether it was, again, kind of character-driven or just overall, like you're saying, how the team is working together, what they are doing, those kind of, like you said earlier, those Saturday morning kind of fun, you know, fun adventures or whatever. They're all important, like you're saying. There, there's no really, there's no fillers. Let's just, there's no fillers in Star Wars at all. Will It all comes together somehow, some way. I mean, look at, we got, you know, Purgles in what, season two of Rebels paid off in season four. Like, you just don't know, especially with the team that is on this series. You know, Jennifer Corbin is the head writer. She's been around, obviously, a while. You know, they know what they're doing, and they know the stories they want to tell, and they know the story that they want to have and present. So it's not filler, man. I mean... It's not a coincidence that we see Kanan in the beginning. It's not a coincidence that we see Ryloff and that we see Hera. You know, because if you think about, like, over, like if you're trying to get a general audience, a lot of people that maybe don't know a lot about Star Wars but are, you know, watching it because they have Disney Plus now, they maybe they haven't watched Rebels and they don't know who Hera is like we are or Kanan, you know, they don't know these characters. So they're introducing these characters to new fans and then they can continue those by watching, oh, well, what's Rebels? And then they're like, oh, that's the guy, that's the girl from season one of Bad Batch. So they can make those connections. So I, yeah, I they do a great job of that stuff in Star Wars. So I, I like season one. I'm It's a good starter. I'm excited to see what they do heading into season two for sure. So let's, let's talk predictions, Ange. Would... Anything for season two that you think will come or that you want? You know, my predictions for season two, I mean, I'm really just hoping more information on Omega, more information on what they need Nala say for, 
And honestly, like, the crosshair Bad Batch thing isn't a big deal to me. Like, I feel like I've come to terms with that of, but I hope he's like an antagonist, like, getting in their way. But I don't need his redemption at all. Don't want it. Nope. If we get it, meh. I don't know. No, that I, I'm interested to see where they take the Lamasay for sure. I think that that's going to be an interesting storyline. Uh, heading into season two, Crosshair storyline is going to be interesting for me too, just to see where they take it. Like you're saying, is he more of an antagonist or will he start that redemption arc of, okay, I screwed up. I want to go back with my brothers and all that stuff. I think that's all on the table for season two, for sure. I think we'll get some more cameos in season two. I, I think we'll see Hera again for sure. You do? I do. Just, again, the way they let that episode of her with her and Omega talking and saying, I'll see you around, like, you know, I'll definitely see you around or whatever. I feel like they'll 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 be seeing each other again for sure. So I do think we'll get a cameo of Hera and, and her family, the Sindulas. And maybe we get more answers of with her mom, too. Who knows? Again, that could be. But I, again, that's a storyline we don't really need answered. It'd be nice to have maybe it answered, but we don't need it because it's not really imperative to the Bad Batch story, you know. But it'd be interesting to get those answers. I think we will get a cameo. This is a bold prediction. But I think we might get a Callus cameo in season two. I think that'd be super interesting. I think they could pull it off. I think it'd be really cool. And then, this is even bolder, what if we got a cameo of um Gideon at some point within the Empire. Where he yeah, is. Yeah, because we point. don't have any backstory on him. You know, the thing is, is he a moth because he's a moth, or is he like a self-proclaimed moth after the Empire fell? You know? So it would be interesting to get a backstory on him. I would like that. I think that'd be cool. I think we could definitely get that. And I think yeah, I think maybe we get some fun cameos. Maybe we get a Hondo just because he's an almost all animated Star Wars. Keep him in it. I would love to see a Hondo uh appearance, you know? And then yeah. I do think we will maybe get another some type of Jedi cameo. Whether that's Ahsoka or not, I don't know. We could because if we stick the canon. The Ahsoka novel was over a period of a year, maybe-ish. It was a year post when she, you know, uh, when her and Rex left. That's where the book takes place. And then within the book, I think it's no more than a year, maybe. I can't remember how long the events of that book. But it's possible. I mean, again, I guess it depends on how much of a time jump we do for season two as well. Which they have said there will be a time jump, but we just don't know how much of a time jump there will be in season two. So any type of predictions that way, Ange? Any cameos? Anything you want to see? What if the Bad Batch goes to tattooing? I mean, why not? I know. Why not? I mean, that would make that be kind of cool if they, you know, are doing a job or doing something that leads them to tattooing. Omega across the path Luke. Yeah, Lights or even uh, maybe Boba. Again, we know Boba yeah. is yeah. working on Tet. You know, that's where that guild that he works for is at. Maybe we get a um, boss cameo. Like we could get a whole, like his whole crew 
like yeah, get a bounty hunter thing. So maybe that's how we get the boba is we go to Tatooine for some reason. I'd be down for that. I'd definitely be down for that. Any other cameos or anything that you can think of? Again, I hope that uh, the, uh, Palpatine is involved in season two. Um, he's the mastermind. He pulls the strings. Um, obviously, the, the cloning is for him. So let's get him involved in season two. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, no, that makes sense for. Yeah, it does. I mean, it just makes sense for him to show up in some make a cameo at some point because he is the Empire. <laughs> this is what's going on. This is what he's creating. So I, I'm I'm actually really curious to maybe dive deep or get more details of where did they take the clones that they that were on Camino that they got off. Where did they take them? They shipped them off world, but where? Maybe that's a thing that happens in season two is, you know, maybe they meet up with Rex and they try to find out where they took the rest of the clones and what they're doing with them. Because now we know the stormtrooper, the TK, you know, the TKs are in play now. And they took all of whatever it was on Camino. They shipped them off world to somewhere. We don't know, though. Maybe did they take them where Nalase was? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I think that's an interesting, I think, storyline, too, for season two. So when's the 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 end line? Where's the finish line for the Bad Batch? When when does this stop? Does it uh, stop when the rebellion starts to get created by uh, yeah, Hera and Kanan and, and Saw and Mon Mothma and all that stuff? Like, when do we see the end of the Bad Batch? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it go for me. I think it gets to where maybe they they start getting involved with the rebellion because they're not involved in it yet. They are doing jobs for Sid, making money, doing stuff like that. I think in season two, my my prediction or just my thoughts right now is that they will start understanding the bigger picture and maybe get more involved. It's not like they don't. It's not like they don't. No, but they haven't really delved into that rebellion yet, right? I mean, they saw Race and Traf, uh, um, Rafa and Trace, and they try to explain to you know them that there's more than what they're doing. Rex has kind of expressed that, but they haven't really put themselves into those situations because, again, I think Hunter doesn't want to put his crew in jeopardy. But I think it's going to come to the point where they have to decide. It's either join the rebellion or they're going to have to, you know, or maybe it's it's the end of them because of whatever scenario they get into. So I think that's going to be an interesting part for them to be in is when maybe they get sucked into the rebellion because of circumstances. And then they have to figure out, do we stick with this or do we keep doing what we're doing and be semi-mercenaries for good? Very much like the Rebels were, or yeah, like our Rebels crew was, the Ghost crew. Like, do they start just doing jobs to help people? Yeah, like Mercy Missions. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, again, season two, which comes out next year, we don't have a, an official date, but it comes out next year. I, I think we'll obviously get answers. And I, I see this as maybe a three-season storyline tops. Maybe four, but I think I think three is going to be good. You get 
you get the first two seasons and then you get you wrap it up. You know, you got a beginning, middle, and end. And I think that's where me personally, that's where I think they're going with it. Because you can't really extend it too too much. I mean you could, but I think like you're saying, what's what's the end point? You gotta have an end point, and they do, they definitely do have an end point, but we just don't know it yet. What about I mean, what's your thoughts on that though? What do you think is the end game of the show? Where do we where do we go? Like is it just them doing mercy missions and or does it do we get into the rebellion and all that i don't think we get into the rebellion i think it stops at uh the beginning of rebels honestly you you keep uh you don't cross over the timelines at all i don't think we're going to cross them over like at all like when we get up to the point where it's the beginning and they find ezra on lothal like the bad batch is already out of commission i think i i could see that i mean i i we have what i think 15 years because i think that's when 15 years after the end of the clone wars is when we get into rebels because that's how old ezra is and he was born on empire day so I mean, I guess we could, we could, we could get there, obviously, with time jumps and all that stuff. But yeah, I think by the time we get to Rebels, though, they are no longer right. They they just can't be. They can't. Be I don't around. think so, unless they're off to the side, like helping Ahsoka or Rex, like you said. But um, I just don't think their involvement will go past the Rebels timeline. Does everybody survive? You think? Do we get deaths? No, I don't think. No, they they die. <laughs> You think so? You think they... No. Well, I think... I mean, me being a... uh, You know, I'm not an experienced storyteller, but I would think that it would come down to Omega and her story will continue. And But I think that's it's going to come down to her and then that's going to be the end of them. I could, yeah, that makes sense though, right? Because I think it seems like their mission is to take care of her. And the ultimate thing would be, you know, to have her survive, they have to sacrifice themselves, maybe in a way. It could make sense. It makes sense. Or they could, like you said, they could just be, like you're saying, off to the side, doing other stuff, and we just don't know it because we're not following them in, you know, like in Rebels or wherever we're going. We just don't hear anything about them because it's just. They're just not in, in around or they're doing other stuff and we just don't know it. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what, what they do moving forward with these characters. Cause I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I hope we get more echo stuff in season two. I don't think we got enough echo, but I hope we get a little bit more. And I, I again, Rex, I think Rex we will definitely see Rex again in season two. Maybe we'll get Gregor oh, yeah. and Wolf. Wolf. You know, so I think we got some, there are still stories to tell with this group. 100%. I think there's still stories to tell. Uh, but that is our, uh, that's it. Any final thoughts, Ange, on season one? No, I loved it. I'm just glad uh, the middle of stories that we know is getting filled in. It's great. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we end the show, Star Wars Vision dropped the trailer. Amazing, amazing stuff. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Looks amazing. The animation, the anime looks 
fantastic. My God. What were your thoughts on that trailer? So exciting. So fun. Um, Very authentic. I'm glad that it didn't get like Americanized or anything like that. Dis- uh, not that I think like it's bad that things get Disney, you know, a touch of Disney on it. But I'm glad it stayed authentic with Japanese creators, Japanese language. It's just exciting. You have a good side, a bad side. You have powers. You have weapons. Uh, it, it it looked amazing. Uh, it's it's exactly what I wanted. Didn't know that we could have had it. So it's great. Yeah, I I can't wait. I I can't wait for it. It's gonna be really cool. Drop September twenty second, I believe, and they're all dropping at once. So it's gonna be really really cool. Nine stories from seven different. Uh, studios gonna be Japanese anime studios. Those gonna be really good stuff. Really good stuff. We'll definitely be talking about those when they drop. Uh, but that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed the first season of Bad Batch. Looking forward to season two and all that good stuff. If you like this episode and more, please go follow us on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify. We're on all the pretty major platforms. So go follow. We're on Twitter as well at the Galactic Pod. And you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Lower Nose on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, on Twitter at R2D Two Step. And as always, kids, may that force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>